ladies, you are listening to Women Emerging Fearlessly. Did you know that four out of five women struggle with confidence and knowing who they are? This show is dedicated to helping women lead their lives with fearless confidence and to know how amazing they truly are. In this show, you will hear from women who are emerging fearlessly, who have overcome many obstacles to pursue their dreams and passions, and they will inspire you and encourage you to stand up, step out, and speak up. Be your authentic self and bring your true gifts to the world. My name is Janelle Anderson, and I am your host. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave a great review and subscribe and share it with your friends. Enjoy the show. Well, welcome everybody to this episode of Women Emerging Fearlessly. I'm excited to have a very special guest with me today. Her name is Karen Millsap. And Karen has been a TEDx, or she is a TEDx speaker, which is pretty exciting because that's something I would like to do one day. And she's also a resilience and mindset coach. And you guys know I talk a lot about mindset and shifting your mindset. So this will be a great conversation. Karen used to work in HR and talent management. However, she experienced an unexpected tragedy and it changed her life forever. She will be sharing her story with us today. And out of that, she she really became very determined to rebuild her life. And Karen discovered mindset habits and lifestyle changes that helped her find her way back to a whole heart. This inspired her to help others. And she helps others jumpstart their mental strength training. And we're going to hear about that today. Karen created a very simple technique that trains your brain to reframe negative thinking so you can build your resilience and overcome any challenge. Fantastic. Karen's story has been featured on Forbes, Good Morning America, and MSNBC. So I'm so excited and honored to welcome my guest today, Karen Millsap. So Karen, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Janelle. I'm excited to be here because your audience, that's my tribe right there. Those are my kind of people. <laughs> so we're All right, to be here. good. <laughs> Yeah. So tell me uh, and tell us a little bit about your journey in becoming a mindset uh, expert. Yeah. Well, I never thought that I would be here. I think many of us could say that in our life, right? It's never thought I would be where I am today. Um, but it truly is an unimaginable journey that I've gone through to get to where I am. Um, when I was 29 years old, my husband was tragically murdered and he owned a CrossFit gym at the time. I was a recruiter. And so I was home in the evening doing some interviews and I got a call. I talk about this at length and at, in my Ted talk, but um, I got a call from somebody who was at the gym and all I heard was screaming and I couldn't make out any of the words that she was saying. Um, and then finally I was able to make out that one word, which was shot. So that evening was just, it was the moment that changed the trajectory of my life. Um, it's something that you never would expect, but I also understand that people go through different tragedies that changes the trajectory of your life. And so uh, while I was in my fog is kind of what I call it. I was in this fog of grief. I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know how to move forward. I was now a single mom, two-year-old son. Um, 
that year just gave me one hardship after another. After losing my husband, I ultimately end up, ended up losing my house, my car, my job. I mean, it was a year that just... Wow. Mm. I remember laying on the floor and just saying, okay, God, like what else could you possibly take? And even in that moment thinking, well, if you're doing this, there must be a reason, right? Like there must be a reason for all of this to abruptly change. Maybe you're taking me into a new space. I don't get it. I don't like it. Um, but there were little glimmers of hope in that first year that helped me to just see that that I was going to take that pain and I was going to use it to help other people on their journey. And even then I didn't know that it was mindset, but I just became open because I realized that we're all going through some sort of pain or change or grief or uncertainty. And we really need a, a roadmap to help us to get back on track. So, well, isn't that the truth? We are all going through something or we have gone through. Yeah. You cannot walk this earth without experiencing some kind of, whether it's tragedy, like what you went through, or just difficulties and hardships and pain and loss. And your loss that year was, like you said, unimaginable from, from your husband being tragically taken from you and then losing everything else. So that's like, even losing one of those, you know, is enough, but you went through multiple losses in one year. So um, I, I'm amazed that you were able, even in the middle of your fog, as you say, to have enough awareness to think, well, this will someday be something that I can use to help other people. Um, and I was kind of resistant at first. I was like, I think you have the wrong person. It's not me because uh, I can't even get out of bed. I've only eaten Ben and Jerry's for the last seven days. So I don't think that's me. Yeah, how can I help somebody else? I can't even get out of bed. Yeah, but that's amazing to me that that thought came to you and that you actually were aware of it because usually that's something like much later after you've come out of the fog and you've been healed and you know, you're in a better place. But uh, yeah, so that's amazing. So how long ago was this? As a matter of fact, this month, it'll be seven years. Wow. That's not that long ago, really. No, mm -hmm. no. But it also feels like a lifetime because so much has happened. I mean, after I, after I lost my job, because that was at a little over the one year mark, um, that threw me into another just mess of uncertainty, which is entrepreneurship. <laughs> and I didn't even, I was like, I definitely didn't sign up for this. But when I was let go, I remember that morning and I, uh, once I was let go and I had no idea why, I mean, I was a top performer, I was doing everything right, but I just live in one of those states where at will employer, you know, we can let you go if we want to. And I remember walking down to my car sobbing and I got in my car and I was just so, I mean, again, this felt like the it was definitely the last straw. And as I sat there, I thought to myself, you know what? I hated that job anyway. <laughs> I actually did not like being there. And maybe this is what I needed to have a little bit of breathing time. Like I need to properly grieve what I've been going through over the last year. And then finally, this thought came is that my number one priority would be to be there for my son, to be a full-time single parent. So if the nurse calls me and needs me, or if something's going on at school, I want to be able to show up. And I thought, well, maybe I should be an entrepreneur. That was never on my line of thinking. And so just because I was facing a challenge, I became more open 
to the opportunities that that was actually creating because I never, and I know this about myself, I never would have had the courage to leave my job and be an entrepreneur. But once I was forced into that position, my mind became open to say, well, hold on, how can I use this to serve myself and my family? And I started to become more creative and started on my path as an entrepreneur. Yes, and I love that shift that you made there because often the hardships that we face do have hidden within them this gift if we look for it. And I know that happened to me once I lost a job too. And I was feeling like, Oh, I wanted to just scream and cry and feel like it's unfair. And what did I do to deserve this? And, and at the same time, though, I was kind of watching myself go through this, because I knew enough by then that I could watch what I'm thinking, and observe what I'm going through at the same time as I'm going through it. And I started to, uh, make that shift. Like, you know what? I've been wanting to be self-employed anyway, and maybe this is the push I needed. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, I have all this flexibility in my time now. I can be my own. And then it just switched from being this horrible thing to this, oh, wow, this is awesome. Isn't that incredible how a shift in your perspective can change your energy and your creativity and even just your openness to receive what the world has to offer you. <laughs> yeah, it really does. And if you look for it, you know, if you don't stay stuck in that place of, oh, woe is me and why did this happen to me? If you can make yourself look at, well, what is in here that maybe is a gift or a door of opportunity that I wouldn't have seen? Yes, before. yes. Because what you focus on will expand. So if you're focusing on the negative that has come from this, you know, quick change, then you're just going to feel consumed by the negativity. But if you just start to focus on even a small door, maybe it's a window that's open. If you start to focus on that, that will expand because you can't focus on um, negativity and positivity at the same time. You can only focus on one, but whatever you choose to focus on will then become the prominent emotion. Exactly. And that's what happens that's how our brains work right what we focus on and there's uh there's a saying uh where energy goes energy flows or i don't know yes. if you've heard that yeah, i've heard that one yeah same kind of idea is where you focus that's what you're going to bring into your life and so that's huge for people to understand and grab a hold of and begin to put into their lives so tell me a little bit about some of the habits that you've developed from that over your, over the last seven years, maybe that have really changed your life. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm still learning. I'm constantly learning. (laughs) Aren't we all? Me too. Yes. (laughs) Yes. One of the first ones um, that really helped me and I didn't know it at the time, but it certainly has become um, a powerful habit is sitting with my emotions and not fighting them or suppressing them. Because I remember sitting, I I went to three different counselors, I think, after my husband died. I was like, this one's not working for me. I don't know. You know, I just I couldn't get on board. And uh, but I do remember the first one said to me, you know, these are the stages of grief. And she listed all five of them out. And I said, well, I must be a, a nutcase because I feel all of those in one day. <laughs> like I I recognized that it was an emotional roller coaster. And I I felt like I was supposed to fit in this box. And so because I wasn't fitting in that box, I was frustrated at how I was healing or I I thought I wasn't healing. Hmm. So then I realized on my own that it wasn't about what emotion I was uh, trying to navigate through. It was being comfortable with sitting in whatever that emotion was. And so a lot of times, many of us do this, 
we think about something that gives us anxiety and then we become overwhelmed and, and our body starts to respond, you know, your heart, your hands will get sweaty, what have you. And so then we start to shy away from it because our brain is wired to keep us safe. And so we think, I don't want to go there, even though it's just, you know, a thought, I don't want to go there. And so we start to back away from it. Well, I could not run away from all of the pain (laughs) that was in my life. So I thought to myself, I'm just going to lay on this floor and I'm going to feel it. And the tears would be running down the side of my eyes and onto my neck. And I felt like I couldn't breathe. And I just felt like I was laying in a puddle of tears. But afterwards, it's kind of like if you fill up a washcloth with water and it feels really heavy and then you wring it out and it feels much lighter. Once I did that a couple of times, I realized, no, the power is really when you decide to go through this pain. Yep. When you just sit in it, when you recognize it, when you see that you are not going to die a death of tears, you know, which (laughs) it feels real when you feel that depression or anxiety or stress, you feel like it's so overwhelming that you are going to die. That's a real feeling because your brain is saying danger, danger. And so once I realized that, um, it is better to feel than it is to suppress because I used to tell people there's no healing if there's no feeling. Because the more you get acquainted with your emotions, the more you have power over them instead of them having power over you. And yeah. that was that was a game changer, especially because entrepreneurship can be such an emo- emotional roller coaster. And we as humans make emotionally based decisions too often. And when you can bring in some logical thinking with those emotions and you can make more positive decisions and move in a productive direction. So I think that was a really powerful habit. That's a huge one. One, it took me a lifetime to learn because I was, I went through a lot of trauma in my twenties and I suppressed all of that. Never talked about it. Uh, never got any help for it. I just suppressed it. Cause like you said, I didn't want to go there. I didn't want to think about it. I didn't want to feel those emotions. Cause again, you know, the danger and just, we, you know, our, our brains don't want to go towards something that's painful. And uh, I suppressed it for a long time, but then I realized actually over 30 years, to be honest. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And I began to realize in my fifties that I was pretty much numb all the way around. I couldn't get real close to people. I couldn't feel even good emotions very deeply. I just felt like I was kind of living on the surface and I didn't want that anymore. And so when I began to think about that and say, well, how can I, you know, how can I break through this wall? Then I realized, oh, I have to actually deal with that stuff from 30 years ago. Really? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like you, when I finally did start opening up to those places, I was on a puddle in the floor and I realized I just have to go ahead and feel this. Mm -hmm. It's not going to kill me. It's just an emotion. And I learned that emotions need to flow and they need to move through you and out. Mm-hmm. And so I just let it be. And that was a huge turning point for me. So I love you said something really big right there. What people don't realize is when you numb the bad emotions, you numb the good ones too. You do. Yep. You do. Mm-hmm. You cannot have one without the other. Yes, it's true. Yeah. And I think a big thing is learning what emotions are, you know, understanding that they're not good or bad things. They're just a part of being human. <laughs> exactly. There's nothing I to be afraid of. That. <laughs> 
I tell my son that I said, I just check in every once in a while. Is it okay to feel angry? Yes. Is it okay to feel sad? Yes. That's right. We just don't, we don't build our house there. You know, it's okay to feel those emotions. I think that's why people suppress so much is because we've kind of been taught by society that you shouldn't feel too extremely sad or too extreme, sometimes even too extremely happy. They'll say, what's wrong with you if you're too happy, you know? Yeah, we're trained to live in this middle space. And man, that is not how we are wired. (laughs) No, that isn't. Like you'll hear people say, well, stop crying. Especially, you know, kids learn that from their parents or teachers, you know. Um, Don't be hysterical. Here, here's a Kleenex. Calm down, calm down, you know. And no, we should just let it flow right out. I, I remember specifically I was learning this because it had been so long, I had to almost relearn how to feel emotions. And my mom had passed away. And I remember feeling that grief, even we were all gathered together in her hospital room and it was a sudden thing, we weren't expecting it. And this wave of grief, you know, just was pouring through me. And I was conscious this time of my, like my default knee jerk reaction was to to go ahead and try and stuff it because I'd been doing that for so long. But I was conscious of that and I, And I remember saying to myself, no, I'm going to feel this. Like you said, I'm going to sit with this and I'm going to feel the depths of it. And I'm just going to let it be what it is. And man, I tell you, even though I didn't, it's not enjoyable to feel the grief, but it's cleansing and it's healing. Yeah. So I let that come and, and uh, the period of grief actually was less, I think, than if I had tried to suppress it. Yes. Ultimately what happens is we think that we are, you know, stuffing it down, but anything that we stuff down, it will rise to the surface. It will eventually manifest itself in unhealthy ways. You may think that you've stuffed down some grief from the past, but then you snap at your kids or, you know, you're less patient with other, it just comes out in other ways. But once you, like you said, if you just let it flow, it's like your body is cleansing and you can stay in the rhythm of the present. And that's where the true freedom and peace is. Yes. And it'll, it'll show up too. Like you said, it shows up in uh, other emotions or actions, but it can show up in your body and physical diseases. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We don't want that. So that's habit number one. What's, what's another one? <laughs> that's true. I'm like, oh, that was just one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a big one. <laughs> yes, yes. Another one was shifting my mindset, which is where I developed this exercise, um, this mental exercise called stop and shift. I didn't realize it until years later, actually, when my mom said to me, she said, what do you think it was that helped you get on your path of healing? And I sat there for a moment and I thought about it and I said, well, I think I just had to shift away from the negativity. And after we got off the phone, I don't know why my best thinking is lying on the ground, but I got on the ground (laughs) (laughs) and I, I just started praying and I started thinking about all of the moments that were very, very heavy for me. For example, um, I used to dwell on the man who killed my husband. Why would he make this decision? Why would he do this? It's seven years and we still don't know who that person is. So it's an unsolved case. So talk about having to live with forgiveness that you don't even know how to find that. And and I went through that journey, but early on I struggled with it. And I felt like a prisoner. I felt like if I let him win, by letting my thoughts just stay focused on the why, the why that I could not change, right? That my son would lose both of his parents. 
because I would be so bitter. I would be so miserable because of that thought that I was focusing on. Why would he do this? And I may never have the answer. So when I was thinking about that, I was thinking he had so many opportunities to make a different decision. He didn't have to go to the gym. He didn't have to get out of the car. He didn't have to pull the trigger. There were so many little moments that he could have just chosen a different direction. And that's when I thought to myself, you have the same power. Wow. The power of choice. In this moment, you can choose a different direction. And so when I tried to break it down even more, I realized I was stopping the negative thought cycle and I was shifting to a more positive direction. And so stop is like listening to the voice, right? You have to tune in, you have to listen to it. And then shift is all about what are you choosing to focus on? What are you shifting to? It's like finding the alternate path. And the more you do that, the more your brain starts to respond. You're changing the neuroplasticity of your brain. I didn't know any of this when I was doing it. <laughs> I'm just thankful that the spirit downloaded this in me because I'm like, oh, okay, I, I can follow that pattern. Um, but what I realized is that right there is also incredibly powerful because for you to notice the thoughts in your head and not let them hold you captive, you know, not let them dominate your, your actions, but really just like you said, seeing your emotions, you have to see your thoughts as well. You have to separate yourself from them. So you can choose which one you're going to focus on and then respond with. And that right there, that stop and shift in my mind, I do it all the time. I even do it when my son is getting on my last good nerve. <laughs> like, okay, yeah. hold on. <laughs> Before yeah. I go crazy and berserk on you, <laughs> let me shift. Let me stop here and then shift. Yeah. Such a a great technique to use and what it does is it separates you from that reaction being in that reaction mode and it gives you enough because when we're we are in reaction mode it's that fight or flight part of our brain right and and it just floods our brain with adrenaline and cortisol and all of that and then we are just reacting we're not yeah. our thinking brain is offline in that point exactly we've got to step back stop a minute and give yourself a chance breathe and give yourself a chance to come back to that mind or your conscious thinking so that you can make a choice in the moment. How do I want to respond? Mm -hmm. Right. And not just how do I want to respond, but what response is going to serve this situation? Right. So you can think about as basic as you get a flat tire on the way somewhere. Immediately, you may think this is horrible. Just one more thing for me to deal with. And now I have to wait. Or you could think, oh, man. All right, let me call a tow truck person. And I mean, literally, not only is your mind different, your body is responding differently. You have more clarity. You can just be present in the moment. Maybe you turn on a podcast and you get to listen to this wonderful experience while you're waiting for the tow person to come and change your tire. It just, it changes everything if you just choose what you are focusing on. You're either focusing on the problem or you can start to focus on the solution. Exactly, changes the whole experience for you. You know, I often tell the story of being caught in traffic on the highway with my dad and how we each had a completely different experience, even though it was the same exact situation, but he was choosing to see it one way, the problem. And I saw the, well, we can't do anything about it. I don't have like a jet engine button that I could push and my, you know, car fly over everything. So let's make the best of it. Let's have a nice conversation or whatever. And inside I'm peaceful and calm 
And he's like getting riled up because he's like, why doesn't somebody do something? <laughs> why can't and I'm laughing so hard. That's my mom. It's literally in the book that I'm working on right now. I told her, I said, mom, you've made it in the book because you and traffic, I have to explain this. People will understand this. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's a perfect example because we all can relate to being stuck in traffic, right? And, uh, or having a flat tire because it's, it's something that happens, you know, in everyday life. And so one's per, one person's experience of that is going to be different than another, depending on what you're saying. Are you able to stop and think about it and shift your, what you're focusing on from looking at the problem to, well, let me figure out the solution. And it does, it changes everything. It immediately calms you down mm-hmm. and it's not like the end of the world. It doesn't have to ruin your whole day. So that's where you get your power back. It is where you get your power back. I often say it puts you back in the driver's seat of your own life, you know? Yes. It does yes. Control. It's mm-hmm. huge. It's really huge. Think about all the areas of your life where that can benefit you. You know. Oh man. Right? Relationships, Everything. health. Yeah. Because when you think about it, your thoughts, everything starts as a thought. The words that you say, the relationships that you choose, the house that you're in, the job that you're in, it all started with a thought. And then you started to take action. So if we can go back to that thought and notice if it's negative or positive, then we will see the ripple effect of our actions. So I think a lot of times people feel, okay, well, I don't like where I am right now. How do I start over? Where do I go from here? Starts in this very moment. Yes, it does. Literally this very moment. You focusing on everything that has happened before or you choosing to focus forward. And because I think what I also this was a huge aha moment for me is I'm the type of person where I like to see results instantly. (laughs) I think a lot of people feel that way, but I know that that is something where I'm like, man, if I work out, I want abs right away. (laughs) Whatever that looks like. (laughs) Doesn't it work that way? You mean it doesn't? (laughs) It's so unfair that it doesn't. But, um, but I realized during this journey that all of the small choices and changes and habits Over time, some people will say, they say this all the time, time heals all wounds. No, it doesn't. Time does nothing without healthy action. If you broke your arm and somebody said, don't worry, time heals all wounds, you would think that they're crazy. Well, why do we feel that way about a broken heart? You have to be very intentional about what you are choosing to think about, about the food that you're putting in your body, about the relationships that you're cultivating, about the work that you're doing. All of this impacts how you are showing up, whether you need to heal or you want to grow, whatever that looks like, the space where you are right now. It is about the small changes and the small habits, because that's what gives you that uh, that ultimate result. Yes. And I like what you said, where you are right now is a result of all the small things that you did getting there, whether you were aware of it or not, the small choices you made, the small steps you took, the habits you've developed. So, you know, so many of us are unconscious of that and we blame the circumstances or we blame other people or we blame, you know, the world or our childhood or the way we were anything. Yep. Mm -hmm. But being aware of that, then that puts you back in the driver's seat again. And you can think, okay, where do I want to be? Where do I want to be in a year? Where do I want to be in five years? What do I need to start doing now and putting in place? And what actions and what thoughts do I need to cultivate and habits to get me there? Because you're right, nothing happens without action. 
Correct. And I just want to encourage because I've heard, you know, I've been sharing this message for I finally got clarity on wanting to help people with their mindset and their growth um, about four years ago. But I started to really zero in on mindset and mental strength training about a year or two ago. And since then, I cannot tell you how many people I have met, whether it's through a speaking engagement, a coaching experience. And these are folks from all walks of life and every single change happened with their mindset. And I'm talking about people who were struggling with very serious mental health disorders, people who were um, childhood trauma, addiction. I mean, it does not matter what baggage you think that you have had to carry up to this point and you say, oh, well, this is too great. This is too much. I don't know if it's going to work for me. Mind shifts help everyone, regardless of the baggage that you think may be weighing you down. It works for everyone. Because our brain is so sophisticated. <laughs> true. Our brains are amazing, amazing mm-hmm. organs and instruments in our mind. <laughs> we get to choose. That's what's huge for me was realizing that I have the choice. No matter what anybody else says to me or tries to do to me or does to me, I still have the choice to think how I want to think, to believe what I want to believe. And it is my choices that is determining my life. It's creating my life for me. So let me make the choices consciously that I want to make. And wow, that's powerful. It's so powerful. So I love, I love this topic. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So what are three things a person could do right now to stop and shift? Yeah. Well, the first thing is it has to be strengthening your self-awareness. And the way that you do that is by really acknowledging and tuning into the voice in your head. So I'll just do a quick exercise. So everybody who's listening, just take a moment and say hello in your head. Now say it a couple of times. Now scream it. That's the voice. (laughs) Because people think, no, 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 I don't have a voice. Yeah, we all do. (laughs) So the more you start listening to that, the more then you will, will become familiar with your thoughts and realize that I can separate from my thoughts. And I do this all the time in the shower before I fall asleep at night, especially then because my thoughts are running wild. I don't know why, but (laughs) I just tune into them. And even while I'm brushing my teeth or going for a walk, the more again that you start to listen to the voice, the more you'll start to notice your thoughts. And then you can choose what direction you're going to go into. So that's the first thing is just being aware of those thoughts. And the other thing is being able to have conversations with others, because I think that, again, we feel like I'm the only one going through this. But if you start to talk to others about what they are battling in their mind, because the battlefield is the mind, you're going to find that this is very common. You're going to feel less crazy. You're going to be more willing to do that internal work. So I would encourage people to have conversations with others, right, about what they're thinking or about their personal growth journey. Um, And then the last thing that I would say for people to do is to journal, because So often our mind is racing that we forget some of those thoughts that are really important for us to hold on to. So for example, if you, I call these confidence checkpoints, um, we have a lot of things that are going to go wrong in our life. We have a lot of things that are going to go right too. For some reason, we always remember when things go wrong. We don't always remember when things go right. So in my journey, I, especially as I was entering that entrepreneurship journey or chapter, I started to write down the things that were going right. 
So I had three web developers fail me and I lost $9,000 and nobody produced a final website for me. I was devastated. I did not have that money to lose. No. We didn't have life insurance. I didn't have savings. It was just, it was the little bit of money that came from the sale of the house and then it was gone. Wow. That's so... Talk about feeling devastated. Yeah. I would be so upset. So angry. Oh. So angry. But then I thought to myself, okay, I can't change it. I can't force them to do the work because obviously they don't want to. What can I do right now? And I taught myself how to build a website. That became a huge confidence checkpoint to know if I can do it, then I can do, I can overcome any other challenge that comes across my path. So the more that we journal those good things, the more we remind ourselves, and we're rewiring our brain. So that way, when we find ourselves in the midst of a challenge or an obstacle or a barrier, or even a difficult conversation with somebody, we can remind ourselves, I can do this. I can show up fully. I've done it before. I can do it again. And that helps to build your confidence, your momentum to continue to take healthy action. Exactly. And I, something you said was very huge. And that is that we can rewire our brains. We can we can actually erase the toxic thinking, the patterns that we've developed and rewire our brain to think positively and become more of a positive, optimistic person, even if we haven't been. We have that control to rewire our brains and it all starts with creating those conscious thoughts and uh, mm-hmm. writing down what you've done well and what's gone right is like huge. I call that marking the moments. Like, oh yeah, I love that. Yeah, mark those moments, write them down. Cause you're right. We, we tend to focus on what's gone wrong, what, where we've failed, the mistakes we've made. And we don't focus in on the things we've done right. Like your success with creating your own website. That's a place to mark that moment, celebrate it, pat yourself on the back, do a happy dance. Like, Hey, I made my own website (laughs) because it does keep your mind focused on what you can do. Exactly. You have the ability to do because you've already done it and it does, it builds a confidence. And confidence is a huge place, especially for women. Uh, Women tend to struggle a lot more, I think with, with confidence in their abilities and who they are. Mm -hmm. Their, their success that they're actually successful. Yes. Yes. I struggled with that a lot. I didn't realize that becoming a widow would rock my confidence. I never expected that. And as a matter of fact, I always felt that I was a very confident person. I wouldn't always say that I was sure of myself, but I could at least have some of that energy to show up with, with the confidence. But when I lost my husband, I was like, well, why was my confidence? Well, I felt like it was just drained from me. I questioned everything that I was doing. I was unsure of, you know, if I was going to be enough or if I could stand in this place or if I could be a good mom. It was just all of these things. Um, and so when I started to rebuild my confidence, I recognized that I was also, for the first time in my life, identifying my value. I was looking at myself from the outside perspective and saying, no, Karen, you can do this because of look at all these other things that you've been able to do or or accomplish. And that really helped me as an entrepreneur. I just did this even recently because I was not stating my value. I was not asking for what I should be, whether it was for coaching or speaking or training. I just, I was so shy about it. And I was, oh, well, no, should they pay for this? Or I just love it so much. I should just give it. I mean, it was, it was crazy times, right? We all have gone through this. (laughs) Yes. And so being able to just see that 
No, look at the value that you are bringing into the world. And people want this and they need this. And kindness does not put food on the table. Sorry, right. but it does not. <laughs> so that was helpful. I think there's there's definitely a gap, confidence gap there um, with women and men where men, men just, yeah, I can do this. I'm going to do this. And I, I think in a lot of ways they were raised that way. Our culture kind of has that. Uh, in the environment, even, you know, that men can do all this stuff and women are taught to uh, almost like subliminally, subconsciously to like play down our own abilities and to be the one that nurtures others. And, you know, I see this a lot. I have a club called the Confidence Club and we're reading books about it and talking about it. And it's just very common. It comes up all the time and the research even shows it. So it's not surprising really that you went through that after your husband died, because probably, there was a lot of that. You were leaning on him for things. Not that there's anything wrong with that because that's part of marriage, but that you hadn't had the chance or the opportunity to see in yourself, you know, all the abilities that you did have because, you know, you had a partner. It's, it's easier to not realize all the stuff you can do because mm -hmm. somebody is there with you doing some of it, you know, but yeah, being alone all of a sudden it's wow. <laughs> it's all yes. now. And yes. can I do it? Yes. Yeah. So, and even as women, I think we're kind of trained to think that we can't do it all. <laughs> I remember when I was young, the, there was a commercial about the woman, you know, I can go out and make the bacon and bring it home and fry it up in the pan. I can do every, all this stuff. And it was the beginning, I think of culturally of women beginning to be aware of, we, we can do more than just be home. Mm -hmm. Nothing wrong with being home, but it used to be when I was young, that was kind of all that was really put in front of us as women, or maybe being a teacher or a nurse. And that was kind of it. Mm -hmm. And we just were, you know, not aware of the fact that I remember feeling like, I know there's more, but there wasn't the encouragement to go for it. So I didn't really like dive into it. Right. I much older. I, and I'm really thankful that that has changed in our society, but Yes, because we were limiting our fullest potential. It's like the world operating with only half of their brain. Exactly. <laughs> you know? It was operating with half the people. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Being aware of that, even when you're married, like that's a good thing. You know, if each partner knows, hey, I am a full person, a whole person all by myself. Mm -hmm. And I, I want to be with this person, but I don't need them to live. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's a whole, that's a whole nother place to come to in a relationship. Yes, yes, yes. And you know, it was interesting because even in our relationship, because my husband was just starting off as an entrepreneur himself, I was the main breadwinner. And, and he had the kids most of the day. <laughs> because, but still, I think you develop this unit. And so then you forget that you can still do it by yourself, you yeah. know, when you're in a relationship for so long. So yeah, yeah. well, I think that was probably for you another gift in this tragedy too. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I've said this a couple of times. It makes me sad that I had to lose him to find my full self, mm -hmm. but knowing my husband, he would be like, go on girl. That's, <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry. You've got this. So Aww. I hear him when I feel that start to surface. I felt that right after giving my Ted talk, I was very sad. People thought it was a great accomplishment, but I was very sad because I thought if I hadn't lost him, and I wouldn't be here. Mm. So I actually don't really want to be here. I'd rather have, you know, him back. Um, but because I have seen all the growth 
the tremendous growth that I've gone through. And now the lives that have been touched because of my healing journey, Mm -hmm. even my son and what he has learned about mindset. I mean, the way that he brings me back when I need, you know, that encouragement about mindset, I see all these good things. And I, I, I don't know why, but I feel like somebody needs to be encouraged that there's so much good that can come from a bad situation. I do believe that we can take our lemons and make lemonade. And regardless of what that tragedy may look like in your life, just know that it can be redeemed when you choose to use it for something good or you choose to use it for your growth. Yes, so powerful. I do want to say too that we don't, I don't want people to feel like we're saying you have to go through a tragedy for a good to come out. But when tragedy does happen, that you can find redemption in that and uh, not to go around in fear thinking, oh, gosh, I'm going to have to lose my husband for me to find myself. No, No. (laughs) (laughs) that thought just came to me. I would not wish this on anybody. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, no. So uh, this has been really fascinating and uh, very powerful. So I know you have a free gift for my audience that you want to offer them. Yes. So I realize that there are so many different ways that we can train our brain to be stronger. And so I have 51 mental strength training exercises that you can download. If you text Karen to 66866, it's very easy. Just text my name, K-A-R-E-N to 66866. You will instantly get the download of 51 mental strength training exercises. Very cool. I will put that in the show notes as well as your website. And you have a link to an ultimate guide as well. Yes. As a matter of fact, on my website, if you just go to resources, it'll be a growth mindset toolkit. There are five different downloads, including the ultimate guide. Wow. Yes. 51 mental strength training exercises, even a five day digital detox. I know a lot of us can use a detox from our devices. So that that is in the toolkit as well. Nice. Wow. I told you I'm a giver, Janelle. Yes, you are. That's fantastic. And I hope everybody will take advantage of that. That's a lot of resources and powerful. And really, if you do take this, what even what Karen shared with us today and some of her resources and begin to use even a small part of it, even take like a few of those 51 mental strength exercises and begin to use them. That is the key. And what Karen said earlier, you've got to act. You've got to take action. You are in control of your own mind and your own life. So I just want to encourage everyone listening to take at least one or two of these takeaways and start to use them in your life. They will make a difference. Thank you so much for coming today and sharing your story. You are a beautiful person inside and out and powerful story. The work you're doing in the world is much needed. Thank you for doing that work and showing up and sharing so much. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I love, again, you know, the space of just encouraging one another and building yourself up. We need more of this in the world. So thank you, Janelle. Thank you so much. And uh, so everybody, until next time, just go out there, be fearless, be confident and be you. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed that episode and got a lot out of it that will help you on your journey to becoming fearlessly confident. If you would like to know how to work with me to help you to become fearlessly confident, just email me, Janelle at EmergingLifeCoaching.com. 
You can also go to my website. There's lots of great resources on there, including a free mini course called Be Confident, Be Real, Be You. It's a three video course with downloadable action guides that will definitely help you to get on this journey to becoming fearlessly confident. My website is EmergingLifeCoaching.com. Thanks for listening. And until next time, be fearless, be confident, and be you.